Hi, Dave Rowe here for Jock Wilson. Welcome to another edition of the Calgary Stampeder podcast. Today, we're not going to be Stampeder specific, but this does affect the Stampeders and that's about everybody else in Canada. Of course, I'm talking about the legalization of marijuana. And uh, marijuana, it's been a bit of an open secret in the CFL for a long time. The league doesn't test for it. It's known that players use it recreationally and also for control and relief from pain. So the fact that it's legal now, what is that going to change? Talk to Devon Claybrooks, defensive coordinator for the Stamps, about it. He says initially not too much. He thinks the players and the teams are going to have to find their way carefully with any new policies. Well, you know, it's a it's a it's a business here, and different employees have different parameters. And just because it's illegal, each team in the, in the league will go and see fit of what terms and things that they're understanding that are acceptable and what's not. And the players got to abide by those, whether it's you know being smart on when you're doing it or where you're doing it at and that type of thing and what's tolerable and what's not. Some very interesting comments from CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. He sees this as an opportunity, thinks that maybe the CFL can be at the forefront of medical marijuana research, seeing as the whole league is based in Canada, so you don't have to worry about any cross-border issues there. He would like this to get going as soon as possible, and one guy that's going to support him is Nick Lewis, the former Calgary Stampeder. Yeah, he lives with pain as a result of his playing days, and he says he would much rather use the medical marijuana products that he is using now as opposed to painkillers that were something that he used in his career. 2008, when I was playing with cracked ribs and um, torn ligaments in my knee at the same time, I was taking probably six Tylenol 3s in a four-hour span. We pushed these pain medications on people because, one, doctors are always going to do it because they get paid millions of dollars to push pain medication. But then when you look at some of these natural things that won't be cause addictions, but just it helps you. It's been far more beneficial for me. But even though it is legal and it's something that's been around the league for a while, Nick doesn't think that you're going to see a lot of players speaking out publicly supporting the use of marijuana as a recreational drug. No, they should keep it to themselves because at the end of the day, it's about promotion. Uh, you know, the owners of teams, the coaches of teams, they're not going to want their players to promote marijuana. Um, to the younger generation. Marijuana and sports has been a hot topic, and to do a bit of a deeper dive into that, Jock Wilson had a chance to chat with Riley Cote, former NHL enforcer and current medical marijuana advocate. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about why you're such an advocate for, for cannabis. Well, I've, I think it's from my own personal experience of using cannabis uh, therapeutically and medicinally throughout my career. And then, you know, eventually when the wheels started falling off the carriage and retiring at the age of 28, um, and learning and studying cannabis, learning about the non-psychoactive properties, much uh, such as C- CBD, and actually using CBD products, specifically the tinctures, to mitigate some of my uh, concussion issues, the collateral damage from fighting um, which I was doing pretty regularly. So, um, you know, there's actually um, a patent by the U.S. government as a neuroprotective antioxidant. So I started doing the math and connecting the dots and, and realizing that this is, you know, this is, this is a very valuable tool in medicine that's kind of been taken away from us. And, you know, I guess maybe, maybe the rebel in me is when I got introduced to cannabis at a young age, I just kind of, it, it kind of grew on me and I connected with it and, and it made me feel good. So I, I knew there was something there. And then now with the science backing it up, it just seems like an absolute no-brainer. You know, now the science is justifying my belief system, and it seems like an easy thing to jump on. And then besides all that, is on the other side of it is the hemp, you know, the industrial crop growing in for food, fiber, um, you know, as, as a major resource. So there's this huge 
a huge umbrella for cannabis and many layers to it. And we seem to talk about the THC and, and demonize it. Well, we'll talk a little more about the science, if you don't mind, Riley, because, you know, the, the, the naysayers out there, or the haters, are going to say, oh, this is a very addictive drug, but this, we're not talking about, you know, the stronger drugs, we're not talking about alcohol, you know, and, and I know you've talked about the opioid epidemic that's out there right now, so maybe talk a little bit about the science behind cannabis. Sure, and this is about harm reduction, so, you know, people and humans have been, have been self-medicating for forever. So, I mean, pain is real. Inflammation is real. Um, anxiety and stressors are real. So I think cannabis has the ability to, um, I mean, it's documented as a scientific fact, it's a high anti-inflammatory. I mean, all disease states and all, you know, all symptom states are some sort of inflammation, whether it's arthritis, whether it's MS, epilepsy, whether it's uh, um, just chronic pain, um, that, that's inflammation. And then, you know, the anxiety and stressors. We live in a world that's uh, we're, we've stressed ourselves to death and, and we don't manage our anxieties properly. We self-medicate with, you know, things like alcohol and opioids and things that are unsustainable that actually are depressants and are, are terrible for mental health. And, um, you know, this is, you know, the, the cannabis thing is just, again, from the anti-inflammatory property and anti-anxiety property, the calming of the nervous system, promoting of sleep. Sleep is the spine of the recovery process. And then the neuroprotectant properties, antioxidant properties, to me, it's just like, it, 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 it's no different than eating like a spinach or kale salad daily. This is like getting the cannabinoids into our bodies. Uh, we have an endocannabinoid system. Our body, body actually manufactures cannabinoids. And then we're just getting cannabinoids from plants, which are phytocannabinoids. And, you know, it brings balance. That's why so many people see so many results from whether they're psychoactive or non-psychoactive cannabis products like CBD products. Is it, just, it just calms the nervous system. It just helps with their inflammation promote sleep and rest and everyone kind of mentions they sleep better the anxiety is at bay and, and that's what we're trying to accomplish with this mm-hmm. I, i'm curious when you were in the nhl how many players do you think were, were using cannabis i mean i always said when i first retired in 2010 when i speak publicly it was you know roughly around 50 percent. i mean i think the number is probably higher than that from what i hear and now with the science-based cbd products that you know that are on the shelf uh, non-psychoactive whether it's a tincture, capsule, transdermal patch, cream, topical. I mean, I mean, you name it, these products are already out there. There's a lot more mindfulness going into the cannabis. The dosing is a lot more mindful. Before, you know, back in the day, it was just, you know, dry herb or, you know, edibles. Whether you made them yourself or you bought them from someone, you had no idea what you were really doing. You know what I mean? So it's, it's much, much easier to navigate the space now um, with, the, with, the, with the amount of, uh, you know, research and development in these products and, and, you know, the science behind them and the way they're manufactured. So, I would have to think that's higher now than ever, you know, maybe 75%. You know, maybe even some guys are just using non-psychoactive CBD and not even touching the THC. But um, across the board, the cannabis-based products, I'd say 75%. Tell me a little more about Athletes for Care. And, and, and you're a board member. You're obviously very passionate about this. What is your mission? What is your vision? Well, I think uh, when, I, when I retired in 2010, I, I, st- I started another foundation. It was the Hemp Heals Foundation. It was really kind of just showing the other faces of cannabis, the nutritional profile of the hemp seed, so you know, looking at cannabis from a food source and then getting into environmental leaf-friendly textiles and long durable fibers. So kind of showing the other faces of, of cannabis. But then eventually my efforts and my advocacy work eventually blended kind of more into um, the sports world as I started speaking Publicly, I've seen other athletes, met other athletes that had very similar type stories, how cannabis had enhanced their life or changed their life or saved their life. 
And then as I started speaking, seeing the same type of guys, we kind of came together and said, well, let's, let's, let's create an organization that kind of acts as a, essentially an, an alumni association or a players association that focuses on alternative medicine or alternatives to traditional status quo because cannabis is not provided or endorsed from our sports organizations and or our alumni associations or players associations. So basically kind of providing the world's most useful and powerful tool um, to the players and introducing education, um, a support system, um, you know, different, you know, stories, picking guys' brains, um, offering business opportunities, investment opportunities, because cannabis is, 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 is so many layers to it. Um, you know, but essentially trying to get in and crack the alumni associations and educate the players, which we eventually did. I mean, I got in front of um, the original six alumni and just kind of gave them a cannabis one-on-one presentation. Most of these guys never even heard of a cannabinoid, you know? So it's, it's a huge educational component to this that is going to be, you know, on for a long time. It's not going to go away because I mean, people's heads are still in the sand. Do you think it could still be a performance enhancer, cannabis? And, you know, I, I know Canadian Sport for Ethics, they're still testing for it. They believe it can be a performance enhancer. I, I look at a snowboarder, maybe it can relax you, you can do a, a bigger trick. What, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's defined as a performance enhancer. I mean, if, if you, if you want to look at something that actually, you know, helps helps the body repair itself and helps the body rest and calm and, and sleep, which is a, you know, I look at it as a, as a wellness thing. This is like, this is, should be a fundamental right of an athlete to just be able to do that. You know what I mean? They put their bodies right. on, on the line and grind it up daily. So, um, you know, if you look at it from that standpoint, just enhancing recovery and healing and, you know, anti-inflammatory, I mean, absolutely, it's not a performance-enhancing drug. I mean, um, you know, because we other, allow other things that do that, and, you know, lavender, and, you know, it promotes rest and relaxation. I mean, it's a plant. I mean, why, why would we be focusing on one plant, not the other? Um, but I think there is an element of focus and clarity and uh, mindfulness that comes along with the THC. I think that would be the spirit, the spirituality component of cannabis is why people seek cannabis or dry flower cannabis. Um, that actually kind of helps you dial in. And I'm not sure if you do it before an actual game or more for the training side of it. Um, I know martial artists that consume before training, um, you know, yogis, uh, including myself. I mean, uh, it, you know, you really do dial in. I mean, it's, 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 there's it, something there. So I don't know if you call that a performance enhancing drug or not, but I mean, it's nothing in the, in the, in the sense of a, you know, a methamphetamine or a, or a anabolic steroid where it's like literally juicing up your muscles or, you know, giving you, um, you know, superhuman um, endurance or energy. Like, uh, I don't think it, it certainly doesn't do that. It's mm-hmm. more of a grounding, healing type of energy. I guess there's still a stigma attached to it, rightly or wrongly. And, you know, professional teams, uh, professional organizations, whether it's the NFL, whether it's the NBA, uh, you know, even the NHL still tests for it, even though there's no fines or suspensions. You know, they don't test for it in in, in Canada in the Canadian Football League. But I'm just curious, do do you think... Because of this stigma, that's why they're still testing for it, or, 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 or why would we continue to go down that path, in your opinion? Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with the stigma. I think it has to do with the, the U.S. federal law. Okay. Um, since hockey is international sport, I mean, it would be easy to say, well, okay, well, anybody on the north side of the border is fair game. We'll introduce cannabinoids to our you know, medical training regimen and strength conditioning regimen. Um, but not the, you know, not the people in the, in, the, in the south of the states that have no medical cannabis programs at all. So I think it's just like playing it safe. Um, it's international sport and not having any liability on the hands. 
Um, you know, you look at CFL, they're in Canada and it makes sense for them to not test for it. And, uh, and hopefully they're promoting it within their medical staff. Um, so I think hockey is not going to be there until the federal government changes, um, you know, their stance. I mean, I, I think the stigma now is like if, 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 if you're that ignorant at this stage of the game um, on this issue, shame on you. And like, it, it's only hurting yourself because this is a very valuable tool. It just needs to be you know, looked at like one. So people can change their views and, and philosophies on this, but the, you know, the sooner we do collectively, I think it's better, you know, for all society and public health, mental health, um, the whole bit. Um, but it's going to take some time, even if it's going full full rack. I mean, it's going to take some time. People don't even know what, what the heck what the heck's going on. They can't even advertise. There's no real teaching. It's not. There's no real like change besides just the fact that you can go to a storefront and buy it. You know, and um, until until we embrace it as a wellness. Um, component it's just gonna it's always gonna be kind of compared to alcohol yeah no f- fair enough and, and 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 I do think it's interesting and intriguing now that it is legal in Canada uh, will will it give Canada a competitive advantage because if players you know I know I know in the Canadian Football League players love to come to Canada because it is now legal um, you know maybe not so much in the NFL I, I wonder if it's gonna have any effects in the NHL that way for Canadian teams yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think so. I mean, it's the same thing like with uh, states like uh, you know uh, Colorado and, and California. I mean, I, I still connect with guys that play and, and are involved in organizations. When, when teams go to those places, they're they're going there. They're 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 hitting up people they know to, to get them stuff because it, it works. And that's why. I mean, this is about you know, self preservation and, and and doing things sustainably and really being conscious of like how destructive some of these other substances are and, and, and harm reduction. So. Um, these guys know. I mean, they're all they're all they're in the business of uh, of keeping their bodies um, functional so they can make money. I mean, that's the business. I mean, and um, it, it works. So I think Canada is going to be a, kind of a hotbed, and I, I have to believe globally you're going to see people following suit, countries following suit, and things are going to change. I mean, they're changing globally already, and it's just uh, you know Canada doing this is 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 big. I, I do agree with you from the standpoint where, you know, you suffer a head injury. We have this opioid epidemic going on in North America and the world. And, you know, that's what the prescription is. <laughs> it, it, it just yep. seems to make a, a lot more sense doing something a little more natural. Yeah, you'd think. I just think this is absolutely zero common sense. This is a business play. Um, cannabis is illegal because it's just it's just a, a corporate threat on many levels, and nothing more than that. It's not because it's bad. Um, and, and in my opinion, the root cause of this this heroin and opioid crisis is cannabis prohibition. And like when you outlaw the other, you know, go to pain, you know, pain medicine, um, what else are you going to lean on? I mean, a Tylenol and a Tylenol three and an Advil can only do so much, and you got to get to an opioid. And God knows how many guys, you know, and, and really really conservative people have had a you know acute injury whether it's a knee blow or a shoulder or a hip and they go in and they come out addicted to opioids i mean it's like uh, that's not the way it should be cannabis does not have that effect there's, there's no chance that that would ever happen to the, to the degree of the quality of life of uh, uh you know someone that suffers from uh, opioid addiction and then again mixing an alcohol in there it's just like it's just normal to be washing our pills with alcohol and 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 mix it all up and and justify in the name of, uh, of I guess, this cultural hypnosis that we've been kind of under, just saying normalize it because it's okay. And we, we sponsor and we support um, all TV shows and all sports, and it's just the way to be. You know what I mean? I think it's a bit changing. That's why big alcohol is getting into Canada.
And that's all the time we have for this week's Stampeder Podcast. Hey, check it out. Apple Podcast, Google Play, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcast. If you do like what you hear, make sure you take some time out to rate us. If you really like what you hear, please tell a friend where to find our podcast. Also, take the time to drop us an idea. We're always willing to listen and look for new content for you. For Jock Wilson, I'm Dave Rowe. And that's another Stampeder Podcast.